What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. Coming at you live on a Monday night, which is not usually our MO, Noah, but we're here to bring an update on the NBA playoffs, which have been cruising. Let me tell you, they've been happening. That is true, Colin. Um, <clears throat> a lot of basketball being played over the last week, week and a half. Uh, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with the basketball we've got so far. Colin, how are you feeling? Um, from a neutral fan perspective, it's been fantastic. Uh, from a guy who's a fan of a team that's down 3-1, it eh, could be better. Could be better. But no, I mean, it's been a very fun playoff so far. The amount of series that are close is more than I expected. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of the series that I thought would be close, you know, we just uh, were recording directly after the Celtics sweep the Nets despite the best effort of the NBA to allow the Nets to win. Huh. This is a tough one. I have, I have not been digging the refs so far this postseason, Colin. A lot of fouls getting called. Yeah, a lot of... Fouls that don't need to be called either. Like, not even just the, like, guys going to the rim and, you know, you're calling some contact that may or not may not be there. Some, like, ticky-tack, loose ball stuff, you know, like, guys just, like, coming through screens. I've seen that one so much more this mm-hmm. postseason. Like, the offensive foul on the screens. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I uh, there's one way to kill a good basketball game, Con, and that's just by the refs calling absolutely everything. Like, I, I there's been a couple games, Con, where I've just like at the point of where I've almost wanted to turn it off because they just kill the pace of the game and just make it take a lot longer than you it should. Um, mm-hmm. I think the refs need to calm down a little. Some of these refs, Con, I swear to God, just love that, like knowing that they have the like live light on them. <laughs> I. <laughs> I really, like, don't think you're wrong. I think some of them do do it because they're on TV, even though it's not really the uh, the way I would want to be on TV, to be honest with you. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, did you see the clip of, uh, what, what's the guy's name? He was on the Pat McAfee show today or yesterday. It's the Tony Donahue? Tony, yeah, Tony Donahue, oh, is that right? that the ref who, like, fixed yeah. all the games? yeah. And he was like, yeah, like when games and series were like 3-0, 3-1, and it's like the first round, he's like, yeah, like they come in and like tell you like what they think you should be calling and like how to kind of like call games and like what should be a foul and what you should be looking for. And the NBA wants games or series to go five go six because they make more money that way so i don't know i thought it was super clear on the celtics game tonight if you were watching that down the stretch there yeah. were just some <laughs> like jason tatum falling out i was yeah. bad and then that clear path at the end i was like okay well surely oh, they don't cool. do it because you know the game's over and then they come out they're like nope no clear path fall there come fall it's like okay well, i now you're hate just telling the us clear path foul so much colin I I hate that call so much. Like it just takes so much time out of the game to just mm-hmm. be like, "Yep, that's a cl-. like I think I know the clear path rule of con, but I feel like it applies to a different situation every time I see it." Yeah. Right? <laughs> because like how is that not clear path? You've got two guys streaking down the court ahead of everybody and then I don't know. I don't know. It just it was it didn't matter cuz the Celtics won. They were the better team every single game. They really were uh sweep the Nets who were the preseason favorite. I mean, you're not going to be able to escape the Nets bust, Kevin Durant, Kyrie stuff all over Twitter. No, how much of it is serious? Like how much of this was Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving just getting outclassed, outplayed by some younger dudes in the NBA. Or how much of it was just Jason Tatum looking like a top three player in the NBA right now? Yeah, we can start with this series because this is the first one that's over. But 
Um, the Nets kind of left me engulfed in questions, Con. Um, like, I'm wondering how much should be blamed on Durant after, you know, pretty heavily struggling against against the Celtics for a lot of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you just think about their entire year, Con. Like, Kyrie kind of just put his team in a bad spot by refusing to get vaccinated, therefore causing Brooklyn to get the more unfavorable seed, put more minutes on Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. um, you know, Harden bails on him at the trade deadline. Um, the Ben Simmons situation, Colin, I, oh, I've kind God. of just, I don't even want to talk about it because I'm on, Ben Simmons is honestly losing me. And like, I was a big advocate for this guy mm-hmm. and to find out that, you know, Perhaps his back injury is worse than it is. Perhaps he has no back injury at all. I'm I'm very perplexed on that situation, Colin, as he did not play a single game this season. Pretty insane. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Durant, like Durant, <clears throat> is got Durant has been pre- preaching patience this like whole time, Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. This Brooklyn team was built to win now two seasons ago. Yeah. Um, or at least by, like, like next season is really their, like, year where they go for it, Colin. And if they don't get one past that point, I don't know if they're getting one at all. Um, I think KD's kind of the one who's, like, created these expectations, which I think is fine. But um, they have a lot of questions, Colin. You can chalk last year's uh, loss to the Bucks up to, like, fine. Um, if Kevin Durant wears a half a shoe size smaller, the Nets advance, the Bucks don't advance. <laughs> Um, this year was just, they just straight up got beat by a better Celtics team. Jason Tatum, MVP of the playoffs so far. Yeah. Um, and next year is like their year. I hope Ben Simmons comes in and gets healthy, Con, because this team is fun. Um, uh-huh. but they were just outclassed by the Celtics and like Jason yeah. Tatum, Colin. Dude. I, there, I, there might not be someone playing better than Jason Tatum right now, Con, at both ends of the floor. Maybe Giannis, but I mean he's not this dominant. He's getting a layup over there in yeah. the Midwest. Yeah, we, we can talk about that if we want to. But yeah, I mean Jason Tatum just went up against. Which in, I'm gonna say I think it's such a stupid argument that's been going on on Twitter that Kyrie's the most skilled player ever. Who cares? Like, I, I just, I really don't at this point. If he's, like, if we're going to use all these different adjectives to describe dudes, Kyrie Irving didn't play this year. He lost them. The seed, you know, you, you kind of said it there. Jason Tatum has been fantastic. He has been through the ringer. You know, Kyrie Irving got on the post game yesterday or two days ago and was like, you know, like, I just, I wish we had more time. You know, Jason Tatum was out there. Jason Tatum was hearing all the media hate when this team was 23 and 25 two months ago. You know, like Jason Tatum went through all that and is now posting these numbers. It is fantastic to watch him. He is dominant. He is a pest. The efficiency numbers that Kevin Durant has had while guarded by Tatum are ridiculous. If you've seen, he has as many turnovers as field goals made. When guarded by Jason Tatum going into tonight. That's insane. That's absurd, right? We're talking about Kevin yeah. Durant. Yeah. I mean, Jason Tatum just averaged 29.7 points per game in that series, Colin, while, like you said, playing A-plus level defense on Kevin Durant mm-hmm. at in 43 minutes per game, Colin. Um, I think Jason Tatum has just taken that next step gone into the rise of the superstar that we know he's inevitably going to be. Um, he's putting himself in, you know, very select company right now, Colin. Um, he's accepted the challenge. I, he wasn't phased at all, Colin, with the task of outplaying Kevin Durant. Mm-mm. And whoever comes, like, this Buck Celtic series is about to be really, really fun, Colin. If if the Celtics end up winning it, will they have had the quote-unquote hardest path to a finals ever? I mean... From the, the from where they were at at the halfway through the season, Colin, all-star break, like, they certainly have an argument. And, like you said, they're going to play the Nets and the Bucks, yeah. and then potentially a Heat or a Sixers. I mean, and then potentially a Phoenix, the Golden Warriors. State out of the West. Yeah. I mean, they just, 
handled the Nets, but let's not act like this Nets team wasn't fantastic. You know, like this Nets team is they're putting up numbers on some of these other teams in the West, most certainly. Um, yes. But we'll they're see very ready for a uh, 6'10", very skilled man to come in, Con, and, oh. fulfill, and fulfill a lot of those caps that they have. Yeah, so I know you don't want to talk about it, but I just got to add this in because I think it's ridiculous. Uh, Woj tweeted out today a video of him on ESPN saying that the Nets management and decision makers met with Ben Simmons in his camp today. And it was revealed that while there was some physical pain, uh, there was a lot of emotional um, comeback that, that needed to be resolved before he was ready to play again. Like it, It's the emotional part that he really needs to figure out. And at some point, I'm just like, why? Like, what are we... What are we doing here? You know? Yeah. Dude, just play. Just... It's... it's, Everybody's... People hate on you more. People hate on you more now than if you went out there and weren't that great. It'd be like, well, yeah, no shit. Like, he hasn't played all year. Maybe he's not fantastic. Yeah, it's so tough, Colin, because mental health is such a, like, fresh new topic, really, when you think about, um, like how long that topic has really been in the sports realm and it's nothing to be joked around with but like it just feels i i don't know like how it felt like all of that emotional pain con really should have gone like could have left after you know leaving philadelphia like fresh start mm-hmm. with kevin durant and kyrie irving as your two teammates like I don't I I don't want to speak on the situation because Ben Simmons is a very clearly a very confusing guy and this is a very confusing situation. But I I hope it's just all just play a regular season, dude, and like everyone will forget about this. Yeah. Um I don't know. All right, let's let's move on from there. Shout out the Celtics. They now move into the second best betting odds to win the championship. Which is kind of wow. crazy. So bad time to bet on them, but you know, if you did bet on them prior, good for you. No, where do you where do you want to take this next? Do you want to keep it in the East? Yeah, let's just do the East and the West. Uh, let's cover let's cover the Heat Hawks series. Calling the one eight Miami currently up three one in the series, and this Heat team they they are impressing me. Con they've got that um, dog in them. They really do. They are a team. If they're if they were a mascot other than the Heat, they'd just be the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this Heat team is this Heat team is playing very well, con at the right time. Um, they're kind of just flexing on the Hawks in this series. Honestly, Jimmy was flexing in the game last night, and they they appear pretty ready, con to get onto this next round to see mm-hmm. you know who they're going to play, the Sixers or the uh, Raptors, and. I I wouldn't be shocked, Colin, if you told me this Heat team made the finals. Um, I just want to say, Colin, yeah, that the Heat's best lineup so far in terms of plus minus. Um, this lineup has played thirty five minutes so far. They're plus thirty seven in the playoffs so far. Highest plus minus in the playoffs for this lineup. Okay. It's Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and who do you think the fifth player is, Colin? I would guess Tyler Hero, but I'm assuming you're going to tell me that's not the case. It is Max Struess. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if it's not Hero, I was going to go Struess. He was, like, he always just seems to be playing incredibly solid minutes for them. Max Struess has been playing absolutely fantastic for this Heat team, Con, and he honestly has, like, he has some leverage here to be playing more minutes than guys like Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson at the moment, just because the Heat have that like they have that um, leeway, Colin. To you know, if Max Struess is hot, like let's play this guy. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. Um, the Heat are going to win this series. In terms of the Hawks, Colin, it, it it's pretty obvious to me that Trey Young kind of just needs another co-star. Like it, it's it's ready mm-hmm. for. Atlanta is ready for Trey Young to get some help. Um, there was a possession yesterday in yesterday's game, Con. Trey Young brings the ball up the court, being guarded by PJ Tucker. Pick and roll with John Collins. Bam Adebayo switched on to Trey Young. 
pick and roll with Clint uh, Capella, Jimmy Butler gets switched on to Trey Young, and it's just like, what are you going to do, Trey Young? Like, you yeah. can't find a mismatch on this team <laughs> against the Heat, and it was just like as good of a offensive player that Trey Young is gone. He just he he doesn't really have any help on the court in terms of a guy who's a legitimately secondary like playmaker, mm-hmm. ball handler, scorer, just like something like that. And honestly, Atlanta should be very blessed to have Trey Young, uh, but they got to get him yeah. some help. No, it's just I... like kind of that. I agree. I agree. Um... Now, now with that said, and I know you're a big Trey Young guy, and I'm I'm not a hater by any means, but um, I'm also not in love with the guy. Hey, let two, that be in total points and total assists. Two games in this postseason, he was outscored by his own teammate Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox. That the Hawks traded for from the Knicks. Halfway through the season, has outscored Trey Young twice in this series. You can't be doing that either. As much help as he yeah. needs, and I get it, I get it. You can really hone in on him defensively, and defensively, <laughs> that Heat team is just fantastic. But you're telling me that Kevin Knox is outscoring you? That's embarrassing. Yeah, that is not great. <laughs> So, um, you know, the I Hawks got to cash in on some of these assets, Colin. Yeah, like it, it's time to cash in. Wait, and when you say assets, do you just mean some of these younger guys? Do they have a stockpile of trade picks? Or I mean, I'm looking. Trade? I mean, no, you. But like guys like Kevin Huerter, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich yeah. are all guys who are on reasonable contracts who teams would be interested in. And they're going to have to throw in some, you know, like they should be looking at moving John Collins. They should be looking to move on from Clint Capella. Like this team, this core has just kind of reached its, um, it's kind of just reached its like peak for me. And it's not good enough to get out of the East. So like you got to rebuild while you have Trey Young. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that. I think Trey Young's not at his peak either, so you know I'm not gonna knock him too hard. They the Hawks definitely overachieved last year, and the team just wasn't as good this year. You know they were they were hot last year at this time, which is awesome to watch, super fun. But yeah, I uh, do you like DeAndre Hunter staying there? Do you do you sell him? I do just because you need a prototype of him, like just purely as a defender. Yeah. Because, I mean, as nice as John Collins was, I don't know what I'm necessarily doing with him right now. Clint Capella is a nice piece. I'm, I'm just saying, like, what do you think they can trade for with those guys? Because it's not like they can package those guys into getting someone really fantastic. And then the free agent market, you know, if you want Zach Levine, you can offer Zach Levine a max. I don't think John Collins and uh, Kevin Huerter is out of the question for a guy like Christian Wood, um, but that's yeah, kind but of where that's the hardest what John part. Collins is though. I yes, yep. The hardest part of finding a great number two is that you have to be very selective in you in who you choose because a guy certainly can be a number two on the Hawks, but what they truly need is a number two on a championship winning team, which is sticky. Yeah, he's very. Also, sticky. I don't think the Hawks are worried about first round picks at all. So, right. I think they'd be very willing to part. Yeah, some of those. I know for sure. Alrighty, um, the Heat though. I mean, is there? Are you ready to acknowledge that Jimmy Butler might be a pretty good superstar? Nah, let's see him do it against the Sixers. Honestly, I mean, he very easily could. Like, I still have much more faith in Jason Tatum than Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, I would too. I don't think that's when anybody's debating. I'm just saying, you know. Three years in a row now, Jimmy and these Heat teams have looked really good. Yes. When did he... I, actually, I, I actually think Kyle Lowry might be the Heat's best player of the playoffs so far. I know he got hurt in last game, but he mm-hmm. was playing 
fantastically. And the way he was playing, you could see that, like, this was the reason why the Heat brought this guy in. Big time. For the playoffs. Big time. I mean, having a real guard in 2020. Yeah, let's talk about the Bucks shitting on the Bulls. All right, fine. Yeah, we'll move on. We do have a lot of basketball to talk about. Um, all right, so the Bucks shit on the Bulls. That was good talk. How? Who should we talk about next? Sixers, Chris Raptors? Chris Middleton get hurt in that series? Yeah, he did. All right, fine. We'll talk about it. Uh, the Bulls looked really good in Milwaukee. They did. I they, told you they would get one game, Colin. You didn't even have faith they could win one game. I didn't. I didn't. And I if told you watched, they would get one. If you've watched the last two games, you would understand why I didn't have faith <laughs> that they would get one. <laughs> Somehow we did. You know, it it was after two games, you know, I, I kind of I did the thing where I was like, okay, well, if we can win one, you know, why can't we win three more? We're series even, you know. We just stole one in Milwaukee. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that, uh, that went away pretty much immediately. As game three started, it was like, oh, yep, they uh, they are better than us. There's not much we're doing about this. Yeah, DeMar, fantastic regular season. They've been able to shut him down. As soon as they put Drew Holiday on him, he's been just unable to do anything on offense. It's really not fun to watch. I mean, just this entire Bulls team can't do much. You know, you really see the shortcomings of Zach Levine, DeMar, and just the way they play the game and not having a true ball distributor. You know, you got Alex Caruso running the point, which is fine. I mean, I love a lot of aspects of Alex Caruso's game, but just posting up DeMar and having him take those 18-footers all day, you know, he'll have a game like Game 2 where it wins you the game and he has 40, uh, but then he's also going to miss 19 of them and have like 12 points. So it's uh and Grayson Allen scored 49 points and shot 11 from 14 in games two and three combined. Yeah. Yeah. And the bulls just, <laughs> we don't have guys like that. We don't have bench players getting those shots. I saw a thing Noah, that the offensive rating for all 16, 16 teams in the playoffs the Hawks were 15th at, like, a 104, and the Bulls were dead last at a 94. So... Let's let's talk more, Colin. Where do the Bulls go from here? Like, just give me your quick... What, what needs to be done? I, I don't know, because it's such a... It's such a precarious thing in that we looked so good for a good part of the season. We really did. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see how this roster wins. I don't see how this roster is competitive for the conference finals. You know, it's it's not... It's built kind of clunky. The guys don't have solid roles, and I don't think that they're being maximized... I think that, I mean, you have DeMar DeRozan for next year. You've got Alex so You've got Lonzo Ball. I really like that. First things first, you have to trade Vucevic. Like, that just doesn't work having a center that can't play defense. On a team with DeMar and Zach, if you want to run it back, and it, it kind of feels like we have to with Levine, you know, because if we don't sign him, what are we doing? You know, just investing all this money to be slightly worse next year? Not have a plan? I don't know. So trade Vooch, looking at like a John Collins, a Christian Wood, somebody that can help us out in the interior D. Because if you've watched this Buck series, Brooke Lopez and Giannis have just been able to do anything they want down low, whenever they want. And then it's it's building the, the wings. I think that having some bench depth at the wing is like is so important. We have so many guards on this team that come off the bench and are just ineffective. We need more guys like a, a Jay Crowder, you know, guys of that ilk that can come off the bench, play some solid defense, 
knock down threes, and then, you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll go from there and Damar can be an MVP again. Perfect. I'm here for it, Con. I think um, I do agree that it is a bit difficult to see this Bulls team going in their current standing just being mm-hmm. – a more of a threat in the playoff. I think you guys are more built to just be a fantastic regular season team for a um, couple of years, at least mm-hmm. while Demar is still producing at this level. But we didn't get a fair shot of like, I don't know. I think Lonzo changes a lot, so much for that Bulls team, and it's just a real shame that you guys just had the injury struggles that you did. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, his perimeter defense is. He really just feels he's the concrete that fills in a lot of the cracks of that Bulls team. He really is. So, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be too down because it was it was pretty much as soon as Lonzo went down that the Bulls just really started to... Because Lonzo had that offense humming, gone. Yeah, I mean, he could distribute, and then he could actually shoot the ball. He was our best three-point shooter this year, which is crazy for the way that he was valued coming out of college with the shot. But, yeah, I mean... Hats off to the Bucks. You know, at the end of the day, they are the team that I still think is going to win the championship. I think they are that good. I think that Giannis is just playing some fantastic basketball, and that team is humming. They've got... Dude, Brooke Lopez and Grayson Allen have had multiple 20-point games this series. <laughs> think about that. Those are guys like 5-9 and nine on the, the depth chart. Oh, my God. Wesley Matthews with a little revival of his career yeah. for the Bucks. Like what? Like everybody on that team just seems to be killing it. Celtics Bucks is going to be a hell of a series. Um, I'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to that. Uh, let's get into the last series of the East, Colin, the one where I picked the Raptors to win in seven against the Sixers, and my friend Jack Eagleton loves to remind me about it. He really does. Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Eggleton. I I doubted your Sixers, you know. I'm still doubting them, but they're certainly good enough to beat this Raptors team, Con. Um, what, have, what have you thought about this series so far? Um, you know, I mean, yeah, this is probably the series I've watched the least. Uh, it's not very fun. Yeah, you know, kudos to the Raptors tonight. Who knows? Maybe you're not wrong here, Noah, because Embiid injured is a different animal Yes, for sure. we should mention that. Embiid did tear a ligament in his thumb, Con, that I'm pretty sure he's going to have surgery on, but he has dedicated himself to playing through the playoffs. Yeah, he has said that. Uh, which is interesting. But James Harden has actually been pretty good during these playoffs, Con. He's kind of... I think I've come to the point, Con, where I've kind of accepted that, like, James Harden is not Houston James Harden anymore. Uh, like, I just mm. don't think he is anymore. But um, for this for the Sixers team, he's very heavily leaned into being the distributor for this team, um, which is a perfect role for him because James Harden is a fantastic passer. And he's also become just an amazing off-ball player for the Sixers. He's shooting 39% from three so far in the postseason con. Um, yeah. The new rules have definitely, like, stop James Harden from getting as many free throws as he used to. Um, He's still averaging 19 points in the playoffs. Uh, But Tyrese Maxey, this man's a baller, Con. This man's a baller. We had questions about if, um, you know, this Sixers team we knew would need games from guys like Tyrese Maxey, guys from Tobias Harris, Con. We we knew we needed one of them to step up. Mm -hmm. And it looks like Tyrese Maxey is going to be that guy for the Sixers. Um Played pretty badly in the game four loss, but that's okay because I, his importance to this Sixers team, Colin, is very pivotal for how far they're going to go. And yeah. as long as James Harden is content to play the role of a high-level distrib- distributor, um, this Sixers team can go far. Because I just hope that thumb injury doesn't come back to bite Joel Embiid in the ass, Colin. Because so I think that's really the only hindrance right now I see for the Sixers with the way the they're NBA playing. It's TV game, which I did not pay for, but the Raptors are smacking the 76ers. Raptors in seven, Con? Is it still alive? It's like it's definitely alive. They're going to win tonight. They're up 12 with two and a half to go right oh, now. Can we just poop on Forrest Eggleton if this happens, Con? Oh, yeah. Imagine. Time. Oh, big time. Yeah, I mean, 
Harden right now, 4 of 11, 15 points. Maxi, 12 points on 5 of 13. <laughs> I just, God, I'm not kidding. The last game I watched, I'm pretty sure they were just smacking at Joel and beats them on purpose. Were they really? <laughs> and it's like, you know. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, do what you gotta do, I guess. It's getting a little dicey with it, isn't it? But... <laughs> I don't know, not my Vernon Yeah, like, this is, I just don't get this not. They've played Embiid 39 minutes tonight. I know everything I hear is, like, it's just pain management. But, like, it could get worse. I don't know. It's, I, yeah, it doesn't sound great, Con. And Embiid's looking at 40 minutes per game, Con, yeah, minimum for the I'm rest saying. of this playoffs. Um, I do have questions about, because, like, Con, if teams, teams know this, they're going to hit his thumb. They're going to look to try mm-hmm. to... Oh, yeah. You know, they're not looking to hurt him, but they are, like, if you know that's a thing, Con, in the back of your mind, you could be like, hmm, let's rip that thumb off some more. Yeah. Like. No, and it's it probably not even, yeah, like, yeah, let me just <laughs> fucking take a knife at you, but banging down on the blocks, like, you're, you're going to jam your thumb at some point in 20 games, you know? Like, it's going to happen, so I just... I don't understand. Like, let the guy rest for two games. Like, let Tyrese Maxey go off. It just doesn't make sense to me to to lose games like this and have him playing 40 minutes on a torn thumb. Yeah. Like, it's 96-82 right now. Colin Raptors, two minutes left in the fourth. I'm not watching the game because I don't have NBA TV. Yeah. But I hope to God Joel Embiid is not in. I think he is. He's in. Like, um, oh, just quickly one. before we move on to the West, Con Scotty Barnes did officially win Rookie of the Year. I was kind of surprised. I was shocked. Um, Scotty Barnes did have like probably did have the second half uh, narrative con just because the Cavs fell off a little due to Jared Allen getting hurt. Evan Mobley got hurt for a little. Um, so congrats to Scotty Barnes. That's awesome. Um, Con and I predicted that the Raptors were going to take Scotty Barnes. That's no, all I'm going to say. We also no, did predict right. Evan Mobley, though, for Rookie of the Year. Which hey, you know, I, some some people are saying, Con, that Evan Mobley still should have won. It's, it's not even official, right? No, it's official. He got it, the award. It is, like, official, official? Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, but, yeah, Raptors are just one piece away, Con, and I don't know how they're going to get that piece, but... It's kind of a big piece, okay. though. Let me, let me ask you this, Con. Say the Jazz... Say the Jazz made Donovan Mitchell available, and you have to give up two. You have to give yes. Well, they showed him, but um, you have to give up two out of these four: Fred Van Vliet, Scotty, OG, Pascal. Who are the two you're giving the Jazz? So definitely OG. And I would I would have to go Pascal because you need a point guard for Donovan. He is a shooting guard. Like I think that's where a lot of the shortcomings come with this Jazz team. Is Conley just isn't that that dominant of a scorer? You know, like he is a great distributor, but you need a point guard that can score, and I don't think that Pascal. Provides enough defensively for defensive to scheme for as Fred does, mm-hmm. and so I think you have to go with those two because you can't get rid of Scotty. Yeah, I mean you just can't. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I'm uh, OG's definitely going. I'm pretty torn on Pascal or Fred VanVleet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Pascal just has his advantages, Colin, and especially in the East where. You're facing a Kevin Durant, a Jason Tatum, a Giannis every night. Um, I do find a little bit of solace knowing that Pascal is a, at least can guard those guys compared to a decent amount of teams just have zero options to guard mm-hmm. guys like that. Um, and, but you do see the cons with Fred VanVleet, especially with a pairing of Donovan Mitchell next to him because then Donovan Mitchell, for the first time in his career, will have a legitimate you know, scoring threat yeah. to rival him at least in you know, shot attempts and points mm-hmm. per game. 
Um, that could open up a ton of stuff for Donovan Mitchell, especially with how much Fred VanVleet has improved his playmaking. But uh, I'd have to I'd have to really carve that one out because I'm honestly yeah. not sold on just sending Pascal away. I, I don't think I would be either, especially if you had to give up OG because that's why they're so good defensively. <laughs> you know. And I think it's easier to replace a Fred VanVleet than a Pascal, just for the archetype of player. I, you know, I, I think you're actually right. I mean, I like again, that's easier Wait. said than done. I don't know who you're getting <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, but I, it, it definitely is. And there's the East, Con. Um, mm. Thirty-five. I, I hope the Raptors come back. That's all I gotta say. Um, let's get into the West Con. Let's start right with the one eight matchup. Phoenix Suns, mm. New Orleans Pelicans Con. The New Orleans Pelicans ruining Daniel Holy Stein's shit. hot take he had on our show, where he said the Phoenix Suns would not be taken to a game six before yeah. the finals. Um so thank you, Jose Alvarado, Herbert Jones, Brandon Ingram, thank you, all you guys for helping ruin yeah. that take. Um and Devin Booker strained his hamstring con, will not be playing the rest of this series, it looks like, and this is a 2-2 series, Colin, heading back to Phoenix for Game 5. Wow. Um, this series is very much alive. Like, this is... This would be at the level of that Warriors-Mavericks upset. Yeah. From 2008, whenever that was. Like, I really... cannot even imagine, Colin, if the Suns were... This is... If the Suns lose, Colin... This is it. Like, I think that might be window slammed shut, honestly. I don't know yeah, how many I, more realistic years they're getting at this. I don't think that you, – because you – eight and one's a max. Wait, so actually, really quick, explain this to me. For restricted free agent, if the Suns – so if I offer him a contract and then the Suns offer him – you know, let's say I offer him a buck fifty, and the Suns offer him a hundred fifty, and Aiden's like, "No, I, I, I think I'm worth more." Can he just sign neither, or does he have to sign one of them? Uh, I don't think he has to sign one of them. So a team will offer. The Suns then have the offer to either match, offer a better contract, or um, not offer him a contract and just let him leave yeah um i don't believe like just the way we've seen it like i don't think deandre aiden would like i don't know it's going to be interesting con because he is going to get paid and yeah uh we were texting about this a couple weeks ago con a team like detroit is interested in the prospect of yeah. signing deandre Ooh, aiden and i like that move a lot con because the way deandre aiden has developed and seasoned in phoenix with, especially with the help of chris paul him and Cade would be quite the combo con to go along oh, yeah. with a little top four <laughs> draft pick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which uh, they don't have quite yet, but we're confident they'll get there. All right, let's 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 not spend too much time on that because we have all offseason yeah. <laughs> to do that. But this Suns team, you know, the, the thing has been they have been so well built. You know, Devin Booker is just kind of in a system Raptors that really – bodes well for him. Yeah, the Raptors do win. Official by 15 points. That's uh, They're going to take that one to the bank. Holy shit, they're missing their leading scorer. Turns out a guy that's putting up 27-9 is uh, pretty important. <laughs> Even when you're playing the 8 seed. I mean, this has been just the the coming out party for Brandon Ingram, Jordan Alvarez, um... Wait no, that's the, oh my god, that's the that's the baseball player, oh. Jose Alvarado. Jose Alvarado. Oh my god. I knew. I was like, that's just not right. Oh my god. I, I'm not kidding, Colin. Jose Alvarado and Herbert Jones won the game for the Pelicans last night. Herb Jones put his schmeat all over the Suns last night. He said, "Hold this shit," to McCall Bridges, and I. Like you said, Colin, I've been very impressed with how Brandon Ingram has just, like, positioned himself in this playoffs, Colin, and how he's been playing. Um, it's been hard, Colin. I don't know if this is the same for you, but for me, it's been kind of hard to evaluate 
truly how good Brandon Ingram is, Colin, just because he's been playing with, you know, uneven or just mm-hmm. bad, badly constructed rosters. And um, I, I've always kind of thought Brandon Ingram was going to be an all-star. He definitely has all-star potential, Colin, but in he's this He's already series, been doing all-star games, so yes. Yeah, in game two, he had 37 points and 11 rebounds, Colin. Added a cool little nine assists with a steal and a block. Um, this Pelicans team is just built well, Con. And all I could think about when watching this the Pel Sun series was uh-huh. Zion has a lot of reasons to like to want to yeah. play in New Orleans now, Con. It's it's pretty crazy how drastically this roster kind of turned itself around, Con. Uh, you got to give a little bit of credit to David Griffin and mm-hmm. um, Willie Green. Very much impressing me. Um, I had questions if he was the right choice, the right coach to coach the Pelicans, but he's proven me wrong. Brandon Ingram is a supreme scorer. CJ McCollum probably the move of the deadline for in terms of the impact that he had for the Pelicans. Um, man, like this Pelicans team is fun, Colin. I, I really just want to see Zion injected, and they very much can win this series right now, Colin. Yeah, they could. They very easily could. It is impressive how defensively Herb Jones and Jordan Alvarado, Jordan Alvarez. I've been watching a lot of baseball too. I'm gonna tell you, it's Jose Alvarado. Oh my god! All right, yeah, you can. <laughs> I watch the games. I really do. I really do. <laughs> It's impressive how defensively and <laughs> Jose Yes. Boom, Jalen Brunson. Um you know, we we've all seen the clip on Twitter, on YouTube of the thing he does where he hides in the corner and then like <laughs> just going But he had a play last night on Chris Paul where he forced an eight second violation, <laughs> which I never see in the NBA. And we're mm-hmm. talking about the point guard here. And he just put the clamps on him full court. How, like, that is insane. I don't think I've ever seen that happen to Chris Paul. I'm, I'm sure it has. I don't ever remember seeing it. Like, it's, that's insane. It's such a joy watching guys like that in the NBA, too, Con, because defense so much comes down to just effort. And Jose Alvarado has just decided that he is going to put the absolute clamps on Chris Paul and that someone else is going to beat the Pelicans. It's it's really, like, just admirable to watch, mm-hmm. Colin, the amount of effort that a guy like Jose Alvarado puts in on the defensive end. And, I mean, it's, it's translating, too, because Chris Paul had, what, four points last night? It was something like that. He went, like, 40 minutes... Yeah, he had four points. He went 40 minutes in a row without making a field goal. After that eight-second eight second violation, Colin, Chris Paul got subbed off. I don't know about <laughs> that as a coaching decision, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's nuts out there. And what's crazy, Noah, is CJ had, like, a, a bad night last night. And it just didn't even matter, which is crazy because you bring him in thinking he is going to be, like, your second guy. But, I mean, Valanchunas all year has just been so solid down there. You know, he puts up 26 and 15 again, and they find the offense. You know, Brandon Ingram really did carry it. It's so interesting, Con, watching Jonas Valanchunas play. And you have to be sitting there as the Suns thinking, you know, can we get this, like, Jonas Valanciunas is going to make probably, like, DeAndre Aiden is going to make more than Valanciunas with his next contract, Colin. And it's like, should we really pay this guy this much when Jonas Valanciunas can almost do everything he does? They're certainly in different parts of their career. But it's, it's an interesting, like, decision the Suns have to make this summer, Colin. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, Valanciunas in the regular season put up 18 and 11 and a half. He's a monster. I bet that... He's just a monster. I bet that Aiton's like the exact same, though. 
Yeah. Right? And you're right. Like, they're, they're different parts of their career. They've got different stories. I'm not saying that Jonas Valanciunas is <laughs> as good as DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden averaged 17 and 10. And he was down on blocks <laughs> this year. Like, you know? It's... It doesn't feel like a, a max deal needs to be paid to DeAndre Ayton is kind of what we're getting at here. At least not yet. No, certainly not yet. Not with what he's done so far. He's been impressive, but it's uh, it's tough when you get outplayed by Jonas Valanciunas. You know, this is the kind of game you would think that DeAndre Ayton would step up for. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul yeah, not stepping I... up doesn't help, but... I am very excited to see how this series plays out, and I am fully on Team Pelicans. I think I'm on Team Suns just because I think if it's not the Suns, then the Warriors are just going to prance, which I'm okay with, but I'd like it to be a bit more challenging than that. (laughs) You know? I want to see the best teams beat up the best teams. That's what I'm here for. But, you know, if the Pelicans beat them, then that certainly says something about where they are. And, you know, maybe Zion starts to reconsider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next series, Con, the mm-hmm. series that you and I were very excited for, the 2-7 matchup, Ooh, the Memphis yes. Grizzlies versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. And what a series this has been so Ooh, far, Con. Yeah. I've been very impressed with the basketball played in this series. Um very fast-paced, a lot of offense, but these teams have also proven that they can lock in when needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've kind of learned from the Grizzlies, Con, is that they're very much on pace to win a championship, but I, they're just not on that doorstep yet. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and that's fine. There's no like urgency, Con. There's no flashing lights going off in Memphis right now um, where a finals contender is very much being grown like organically Mm -hmm. um and the grizzlies have the right mix con john moran jared jackson jr and desmond bain are certainly a combo that the grizzlies can go far with for sure um but they're in this postseason i think they're a team that can only go certainly so far um the Grizzlies could very easily be trailing this series 3-1 con. Minnesota kind of blew game three. I think they let the Grizzlies go on like two separate 20-point runs. Yeah, um, which is impressive, honestly. Yeah, I've been, I was watching the first game of the series con with some friends, and one of my friends has literally never seen John Morant like play. Like he doesn't watch basketball. And just from the first quarter of watching John Morant, he was like, wow, I can just tell that that guy is like different than everyone else out there. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Uh, John Moran is just a whole different animal con. And mm-hmm. I honestly still don't know where this series is going, Con. I, I don't know where I'm leaning still because um, this is very much up for grabs. It is, I think in my mind, the closest series left. I mean... The Suns-Pelicans is just odd because you're like, well, if Devin Booker was here, you know, it, it wouldn't even be a thing. But mm-hmm. this, like, with these teams at full strength is just so close. I, I, I think the Grizzlies are the better team, you know? I think that Cat being bullied, you know, I was kind of right about that, you know? Like, Cat has had some games where he just doesn't show up. And but then a so 33 his... point game four. Yeah, exactly. But Ja has had some of those, too. And I I don't know. I think that it's easier for the Timberwolves <laughs> to get away with a bad game from Cat or Ant than it is for the Grizzlies to get away with a bad game from Ja. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely agree with that. Right now, I'm... I'm like, well, I don't know. We'll see it. Ja said, you know, after the last game, he's like, you know, I'm not playing like Ja right now. <laughs> I like that. Which was pretty sick to refer to yourself in the third person, but it's also like, all right, well then, <laughs> you know. Uh, can we get Ja in the building, ja please? Because, you know, you did miss like 15 <laughs> games to end the season. Who are we talking to right now? 
yeah, who is this? <laughs> What's uh? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to interview John then, please. <laughs> but you know, it gets legit. Then are you lingering? Because if so, then I think the Grizzlies or the Timberwolves are going to take this. Mm-hmm. And we gotta. I mean, we got to give credit where credit is due. Anthony Edwards, a 20-year-old con, is averaging 25 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, and 38 minutes a night through four games with this Memphis Grizzlies series. Um, It's absolutely impressive to see Anthony Edwards kind of have it all together, Colin, at this early of his NBA career. Um, He can go against the top tier of players, and it it might take him some time to develop like a guy like Jason Tatum into that top tier superstar, but Anthony Edwards certainly, I certainly believe that he can reach um, that peak. And I... This series is tough, Colin. This series is tough. I, I I do like that point that Minnesota can survive a bad game from Jaw or from Cat or um and Edwards and I Minnesota can't Memphis can't really do the same. No. Which is like it's I think it's very funny because everybody was like, Well, the Grizzlies were so good without John Moran. <laughs> this guy? Turns out, yeah, you know what? Having a uh superstar is is going to be beneficial. Wow. I am very excited to see how this one plays out. Can't wait for the wrap-up of the first round. Um, Let's get to the next one, Colin. Running a little long. Yeah. Uh, We don't got to spend much time on the Warriors Nuggets. Um, Nikola Jokic does not become the first ever MVP to be swept in the first (laughs) round. Good for him. Yeah. From the Nuggets side, Colin, Jokic can only do so much in Denver. Um, it's it's just gotten to that point. We knew it was going to happen in the playoffs. Um, speaking on the Warriors side, though, Colin, they have been looking mighty, mighty tasty. And a guy that everyone is very hot on, Colin, the newly added brother to the Splash I, I Triplets. I think I now. saw that he he was inducted. He is. There, he's part of the Splash Triplets now, Jordan. Colin. Wow. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Poole. I mean, it makes sense. He averaged 28.7 points in the first three games of this series, Con. He Did gave he the really? Warriors a very legitimate third scoring option. Um, Steve Kerr has really carved out minutes and a place for pool in this rotation. Um, the Warriors' best starting lineup, best lineup, Con, that they've been running is Curry, Thompson, Poole, Wiggins, Draymond, um, which I still have kind of, I still kind of have some reservations yeah, about the defensive capabilities. I don't think they're going to face, like, Real defensive adversity with that lineup, Colin, and just the teams are going to go through in the West. But whatever team comes out of the East, I think, can definitely take advantage of that lineup. Uh, But so far in the West, it's... Yeah. Even the Celtics. Even the Celtics. Yeah. Whoa, jinx. Wow. Um, The real challenge for the Warriors and Jordan Poole is he just needs to do this consistently. Um, Once he does this, when his confidence is up, Colin, he is... Oh, really, really good player. Um, the Warriors are probably coming out of the West, Colin. I just got to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think so, too, at this point. You know, I. Uh, it's impressive. It's impressive, and I love the Suns. I would rather them win than the Warriors, but I don't see how that at this point, especially knowing that Booker is not going to be fully healthy right when he gets back, I don't know that they can even last long enough to see him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of said it jokingly, you know, that the Suns hope this series goes seven just so that they have time to get Booker healthy again. But now I'm sitting here and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you're going to lose. Like this, you're not even going to make it out, which is insane to think. Um, you know, and, and they've got such an easy matchup in the second round too with either the Jazz or the Mavericks, and it's very much looking like the Mavericks who are up twenty right now with a minute left to go in the first half. It just <laughs> it it does feels like the Warriors to lose at this point. You know, nobody really mm-hmm. feels like they're on that level, and that offense yeah. is probably the best 
in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Wiggins, Jordan Poole lineup con has played 32 minutes. They're plus 26. Um, they're scoring 102 points in those 36, 32 minutes, oh shooting God. 54% from three in 32 minutes. Um, they're also the sixth best defensive efficiency lineup so far of the playoffs. Uh, minimum 30 minutes played. They are humming, Con, and we'll... I we'll move on, but we'll definitely be checking back yeah. in with this Warriors team. I'll tell you oh, that. Yeah, call. no, no, no. This is, uh, <laughs> this is not the last time. You know, Jokic, Jokic had to put it all out there. You know, and I, I think it's no. What I thought was really funny was everybody after the first two games were like, "This is your MVP." Like, how could you? You know, this guy, this Jamoke, this Nicole Jokic guy. Jokic is now top five in the NBA playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what no. more you're you're asking of this guy at this at this point. But, <clears throat> you know, I guess some people are. The Curry Thompson Draymond Wiggins pool lineup con offensive rating of a hundred forty seven point eight. That's absurd. That's absurd. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what you. Do what do you do that. against that? <laughs> when you've got three guys who are. 43% three-point shooters and above. I, I think Steph's actually been the worst so far. Because I know Clay Thompson leads the uh, NBA right now in the playoffs for three-pointers made, which is crazy wow. because he has missed all that time. But, you know, here he is. Here he goes. And last series, Colin. Dallas Mavericks, Utah Jazz playing right now. Series yeah. tied 2-2. Luka Doncic has only played in games four and game five of this series. How are you feeling, Colin? This is a better series than what I expected, but it's mainly because the luka Mavs very much impressed me, Colin. Yeah. No, Jalen Brunson has earned himself a lot of there, money in these last two weeks. There's been a lot of Jalen Brunson to the Pacers rumors, Colin, and I just want to say... Through four games so far, Jalen Brunson is averaging 30 points, five rebounds, and five assists in 38 minutes a night. Um, that's definitely not his going to be his average numbers, but I'm kind of in on Jalen Brunson coming to this Pacers team. I don't think it'll happen because inevitably I think a team is going to overpay Jalen Brunson yeah, to get him this sad. summer because of how he's performing. Um, Although you guys and, do seem like a team that would overpay. I think the Mavs would be interested in a little sign-and-trade where they could get Malcolm Brogdon. At least they're getting something for Jalen Brunson probably leaving. Um, but what I've seen from the Jazz Con is, to me, it's evident that the Jazz players, especially Donovan Mitchell, do not trust Rudy Gobert. They they do not yeah. trust Rudy Gobert on the def, on the offensive end. He had one shot attempt in Game One, Con. There were times where Rudy Gobert in the series has been guarded by a Spencer Dinwiddie, and the Jazz will do nothing to take advantage of that. Um, Dallas clearly knows that the Jazz players are reluctant to exploit the size matchup mismatches that Rudy Gobert gets. Mm -hmm. And Colin, Donovan Mitchell, I, I got this stat from an athletic article. I don't forget the author, I'm sorry. But Donovan Mitchell passes to Rudy Gobert on in, on an average per game, con per game, Donovan Mitchell passes to Rudy Gobert two point seven times per game. Yeah, I saw I saw that stack going around, and it's crazy. It really is because what just the amount of passes that go around a basket? How does that not happen on one possession? Yeah, it it's incredible, especially because. I mean, I'm looking at it now. Like, how Rudy Gobert gets up one shot in an NBA game? This man gets five offensive rebounds a game. How are you not putting it back up more than... I don't know. I really I really don't know there. Yeah, this Jazz team just seems defeated. You know, I think that they really thought that last year was their year. And it uh, it was not. It It was not. And this team is only getting older. 
You lost Joe Ingles. Bojan's not quite what he was. Now there's the friction with Rudy Gobert. I just, I don't know. It seems over, right? Yeah, this is probably the last time we'll see the Quinn Snyder, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell trio play a playoff series together. Um, pretty inevitable. Well, we are, we already talked about that. It's yeah. just like even if they win this series, Colin, I think they've already shown enough to blow this shit up in Utah. Um, yeah. I was thinking, Colin. I was, I was thinking like how much of Dallas's success is weighed between. Luca being a fantastic player, and I think Jason Kidd needs his. I think Jason Kidd needs enough credit. Needs his credit here, Colin. Um, he has the Mavs playing at such a high level in the combination of Luca being their best player, that uh, to where they're playing at a level, Colin. I really have never seen this Mavs team play at. Um, Luka Doncic, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jalen Brunson. The trio of those three guys have this offense absolutely humming. I don't know how Maxi Kleba is doing it. Like, how is Rudy Gobert getting outplayed by Maxi Kleba in this series? It's it's really crazy. Um, but Jason Kidd clearly has his offensive and defensive schemes very much sewn into the mind of these Maverick players, and it's working. Luca's recovered from his injury con, and Mavs are moving on here. And I honestly think the Mavs might be the second best team in the in the West right now, con. Given the current state of the Phoenix Suns, I would have to agree with you. I think that what I just watched out of them in this first half with a fully healthy Luka, the the Jazz just aren't even competing. I mean, what you were saying about Kleber, like Dwight, I've watched Dwight Powell have <laughs> just four wide-open slams because the ball movement is so fantastic that the Jazz are just out of sync and can't do anything. And we got to give credit to Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, two guys who are really at the forefront of why this Mavs team is so good defensively. Mm-hmm. And even Davis Bertans has come on. Davis Bertans has no Sucks. right to be playing on the floor with Rudy Gobert on the same time, gone. And it's just how – I don't know what, what it is with Rudy. Like, I don't get how this guy – have we ever seen a seven-foot center, con of his, you know, reputation level? Three-time just defensive get, like, player of the year just get absolutely domed on by another team who has no center depth? No. I just, I don't get how you do it. How is he stifled offensively? How? It doesn't, I I wish I had an answer for you. Quinn Snyder must be just like running, pacing back and forth in his room at nights. How is Rudy not catching four lobs again? Ugh. How does Donovan Mitchell pass to Rudy Gobert 2.7 times on average per game? How does that even happen? How do you let it get to that point? It's got to be on the coaching at some point, right? You, you have to you have to get this guy involved. You have to. I mean, unless he really is that bad, but you're sitting there paying him max money. So, I don't I don't know. I don't know. They, I don't think Quinn Snyder's a bad coach at all, so I'm guessing it has more to do with Rudy Gobert's abilities than anything else. Where where, where would you put Rudy Gobert, Colin, if you had to guess his next team? I think it's going to be so tough because who has the cap space to pay that right now? Like I think, that. I think the Mavs are an option, honestly. But why? You know, if you just ran the Kristaps experiment, you're cooking on all like all cylinders with this small ball lineup. Why pay for a dude that is less mobile than Kristaps is clogging you up even more? And you can't finish offensively, you know? Dwight Powell is doing a lot of those things right now for a hell of a lot cheaper. I, I think just don't the think reason, there's any reason I to pay I think the reason money. the Mavs will get knocked out of this playoffs will be due to their lack of front court just talent slash depth. I think that's kind of inevitable. Like, I think Draymond Green just outplays any Mavs big man. I'm not saying Rudy Gobert necessarily outplays, um, you know, another big man in a series. But I am thinking that 
the pairing of him and Luca with a true like Rudy Gobert's never played with a playmaker anywhere close to Luca's mm-hmm. level. I think just having Luca being so good could help Rudy Gobert a ton offensively. Yeah. Um, I think defensively, whatever team Rudy Gobert is going to, he's going to turn them into a top ten defense. It's pretty inevitable. Um, if not the Mavs, Colin, I see a team like the Raptors being interested as well. Um, that's not the route I would go with the Raptors, who no. I assume have to think they're one piece away. Um, it just depends that's on how much they believe in yeah. Pascal. And well, I actually think the scoring's not too bad for the for the Raptors because I think they have enough shots to go around just between. Gary Trent, Fred, and Pascal. Yeah. Um, I think the thought of Rudy Gobert with all of those wings on defense, Colin, is something the Raptors would certainly be interested in. Interesting. And what are you giving up for him at this point? Uh, that's tough. Maybe. I don't know. I can't gauge Rudy Gobert's trade value, really. Because it's it's constantly going up and down, Colin. It's and mainly down it's... as of late. It's like a contract liability, like you, like to be giving a guy. I don't know if he's on a super max, or if it's the he's regular on a fatty. He's on the. I think he's on thirty six like, a year. I was gonna say it's like two hundred and twelve over six years or something. Like it's the man's getting paid, and I think he only signed that contract a couple years ago. So you have Rudy Gobert now, for at least three years. I think Rudy Gobert needs um, – he doesn't need a team built around him. He just needs to be put into a team, and that's the mistake the Jazz have made. I like that, actually. I do. Yeah, I was going to say maybe the Trailblazers go after him, which would be stupid, but they seem like a team that would do that. They've got some capital. Oh, we. Oh, I hate it. That was some basketball talk. That was definitely some basketball talk. That was about an hour and ten minutes of basketball talk. It was good stuff, though. We uh, Will we catch everybody this Sunday, Noah, to recap all of the first-round matchups as they will all be done by then? And we can uh, really, really look into what the rest of the season has to offer us. Yeah, maybe, Colin, maybe there's a live bench chatter in our future, potentially, Ooh. who knows? Oh, good point, good point. You're going to be up here this weekend. Who knows? Who knows? Ooh, I don't hate that. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to, we're going to watch a lot of basketball together, which will be nice. I like that a lot. I'm down. Boom. Boom. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Bench underscore Chatter. Leave us a like. Leave us a rating. And support your boys through the offseason. Help us out a little. And we'll see you uh, next Sunday, hopefully. Peace. Peace.